0: Outstair's hung Oh! Oh! Hey! On goal! On Joseph Bateman Oh goal. On goal! Through the zone is mom Taking matters in his own hands Wapley Faints a shot Shoots Oh! My oh. oh. what! Wow. <laughs> B-Y-G Woo. Celebrity Does the sweeping Of the ice My feet Speedy really Does the stealth Oh! It's oh. a goal From Nicholas Hauger And now he's celebrating. Jeff'll win the race oh god it's in the danger zone oh oh <laughs> <laughs> oh no, sorry no, sorry. We're sorry we're laughing it's just that was bad timing sorry, so hello everyone and welcome uh, to a very special edition of the um B-I-G podcast i'm joined um, by uh, Casey Trail uh how you doing
1: yeah not too bad can't complain thank you you
0: Good, good. And um, sorry, did I pronounce your last name right there? Because Yeah, yeah. I but, Trail. Okay. <laughs> cool. Yeah. So, uh, Casey, you've been playing um, for the last couple of years for Castleton University. But um, before we, we get into sort of your time in North America, and obviously uh, the big news of you being the first uh, British female to be drafted into the NWHL, tell us a bit about how you got involved in ice hockey.
1: Yeah, yeah. I used to go on holidays with my parents to near Boston in America and I uh, took us ice skating a couple of times when I was younger. Took us to a Bruins game and I loved it. So took us to a Newcastle Vipers game back home and between periods I was just wandering around and a guy came up to us and told us I looked like a hockey player and that I should sign up. So I did and that was that was the end of it.
0: So so roughly how old were you when you uh, when you first started playing?
1: I was about nine, yeah.
0: All right, okay. So um, I, I don't know what it was like so I'm I'm a lot older than you, but uh, was was there many girls playing back then at, at that sort of age in, in Whitley Bay? Uh,
1: not really. I was always one of a few around the area, but there's not many of us. There was definitely more around the country, but not really in the northeast.
0: Okay, cool, cool. So you, um, so you, did you go through? Was it the Whitley Junior uh, setup that you went through then? Was it or?
1: Yeah, I started at Newcastle but they unfortunately got shut down and we moved to Billingham from there uh, spent a few years at Billingham and then from Billingham I went to Whitley and that was the, the last place I played in England.
0: right okay okay and then of course um, before you before you uh, get to the, the states did you did you play were you through the GB junior setup as well as I know you've played I've, I've seen you play for the full team so um, but how did you get involved in the GB setup?
1: Yeah, I mean, I played for England when I was younger, the under-16s, and then I played four years at the under-18 level. And then from that, I went into the senior team when I was about 16. So been there for a while now. Hopefully, I'll be there for a while longer.
0: <laughs> well, we hope so. We hope so. Um, so um, how did it come about that you, you ended up going to uh, Castleton University in the, in the States?
1: Uh, when I was 16, I actually moved to Canada, to Ontario Hockey Academy. And from there, I got scouted to Castleton in America. So I went from England to Canada to America for uni.
0: Cool. And and the uh, the Ontario school. Um, I've heard of a few people doing that. How do you get? How did you get involved in that? Can you tell us a bit more about that? Actually,
1: uh, there's a lot of girls from uh, the Great Britain setup that actually go to Ontario Hockey Academy. They're, they recruit at world championships. So. They saw us play, they were interested, they put an offer out, and I thought, why not? I can't really turn down going to play in Canada for a while.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and what sort of do you think? Obviously, you played a, you played in England through the junior setup. What sort of new experiences did, did Canada bring uh, to your game?
1: It's just a faster, stronger, more competitive level over there. Like, there's so many more levels to it that if you don't pick it up, then you just get ran over. There's no. Oh, I'll just have a game off. Uh, none of that. So definitely, just more competitive. And if you don't step up, then you don't play. Unlike here. <laughs>
0: fair enough. Fair enough. And then, and then, obviously, you, you got scouted and you ended up in, in Castleton uh, University. Now they are an NCAA setup. Is that is that correct?
1: Yep. Yep. We're NCAA Division Three. Yeah.
0: So what's the difference in divisions in the, in the NCAA for anyone that maybe doesn't understand?
1: Uh, Division 3 is, I'd say the bottom, but it's still a super high standard. And then you've got Division 1, which is the top, and then Division 2 is like a float in league as such. There's not really a conference for Division 2, the kind of float between Division 1 and 3. So, yeah, I played Division 3.
0: Cool, cool. And um, uh, you—is uh, th- was it three years you are at university there? You said you just graduated.
1: I was there for four years, yeah.
0: Four, Four years, and um, you were named captain. I think in the in your last season there. Um, that's a big honor, obviously. Uh, were you the only Brit in the team?
1: Yeah, well, I've been the only Brit for the last few years. Um, Emily Harris from England came in as a freshman last year. So for my senior year, there was two of us. But for the rest of the time I was there, yeah, I was the only one.
0: <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. And uh, and how did you find out you were you were being made captain?
1: Um, my coach talked to me a couple of times before the season started and asked if I was up for it sort of thing. And yeah, I was, and I got given the C for the next season. And it was a shorter season because of COVID, but it was definitely still worth it.
0: Definitely, definitely a um, massive honour to, to captain your team. And uh, uh, in terms of the, uh, the sort of the other clubs you play, was there a lot of travel involved for your, for your university games or is it all quite, quite local?
1: Uh, because of COVID, we were quite local, but usually we can travel up to five hours each way, It's, it's which to us is a long drive, but to them, that's just around the corner. So, yeah, <laughs> well, I guess we did travel a lot, if you think about it, but we asked them, we didn't.
0: <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. And uh, presumably when you were doing these five-hour trips in, in America and things like that, you weren't uh, all shoveled in the back of a minibus. They have a proper coach and things for you to, to get around in.
1: Yeah, yeah, we'll take proper buses. Thank God. <laughs> Might have been a bit of a tight squeeze if not.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, and um, I'd imagine that the road trips, would you'd have some good memories, probably some you can't share, but do uh, you have some good memories <laughs> from the road trips?
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely some of the best times. If you're not bonded with your team before you get on the bus, you definitely are when you get off.
0: Okay, cool, cool. And um, where, where about, just uh, for, out of curiosity, where about is Castleton University? Is that sort of Massachusetts way or...?
1: Uh, It's in Vermont, so close to Massachusetts. We're about three and a half hours from Boston, about four hours from New York City. We're Mm -hmm. like right on the edge of the New York state border.
0: Nice, nice. And is is Vermont not where Ben and Jerry's is from?
1: Yeah, Uh, yeah, it is.
0: That's the only thing I would know about Vermont, isn't it? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So... um, yeah, so obviously, uh, some good good experiences from Castleton. What's your sort of been your most memorable game that you had there?
1: Um, every year, we we'll do a Pink the Rink event and we we'll raise loads of money for breast cancer awareness and for the community around us. And it's a massive event, not just for us, like the whole community's there. We we'll fill the stands, we we'll have raffles and everything. And my, I think it was my sophomore year, we ended up playing the top league, the top team in the league and the top team, one of the top teams in the country at the time. And we all thought, oh no, we're gonna get ran over in front of a crowd. And we actually ended up tying them and they were crying and all sorts, because you know, you're not supposed to to like come close to them. It was just great. We had the whole crowd was going mad and it was just a great cause. We raised so much money. It was just an unbelievable atmosphere. I wish I could do it again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like that idea. So was everyone sort of in the stands? Were they all in pink and, and things like that? Yeah.
1: Yeah so we wear like pink shirts and everything we're auctioning off our shirts after the game there's pink raffles we have the cancer survivors in the stands we've got the whole community the hospital workers just everyone's there it's just a massive event for us
0: Yeah the, the great thing about these events is not only just the charity stuff but it does bring everyone together as well so it yes. creates a good atmosphere um oh, that's, that's that's smashing it. that's that's good to hear uh, in terms of the uh, your obviously the big news that came out recently, you got drafted to the NWHL. Um, I'm I'm a bit ignorant to the NWHL other than I watched, I watched it when it came back, at, you know, um, before it kind of got shut down for COVID, I was watching it on Twitch and things, but how, how does the sort of NWHL draft work?
1: Um So there's six teams and each team gets five picks. Um, Base like the basis of the picks in order is where you come in the league the season before but you can trade picks for like certain spots so if you want you can give up an earlier slot pick for more picks later on if you get what I'm saying so you can end up with more picks than other teams if other teams want higher picks so my team ended up switching some top draft picks for seven picks instead and that's just kind of how we go so if they go through the orders there's five rounds of five no five rounds of six picks and that's how it goes through
0: <laughs> cool and and did you did you sort of have any idea you were on the radar before you you got picked up or was it was it out of the blue
1: yeah I mean I'd been talking to Buffalo and they'd been telling me about the program and stuff and whatnot would been conversing for a while but and they said I was in for a shot but you just you don't really believe it, do you? Until they say your name, so I was like, "Oh, that's nice." The the recognized is that's that's nice of them. But yeah, yeah. when they call my name, I was a bit like, "Oh God, it's a bit real now."
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then the, uh, the interestingly, I, I support the Buffalo Sabres for my sins, um, so I, I guess I can I guess I can now be, become a Buffalo but- Buttes fan officially, and 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 drop Toronto Six who had kind of picked up unofficially. Uh, during the twitch tournament so uh you know you got to back the brits right enough
1: yeah definitely um,
0: um so um is the what happens now is there is there a camp or anything for you for you to go to or is it just you kind of go on with it and they'll give you a call or
1: um so it's a little bit different to the men's setup a lot of the girls straight out of the draft sign immediately and then they'll go straight into preseason for next season I won't be signing immediately because I've got some injuries that I'm going to deal with at home first before I head back out there. So my plan for me is just stay at home, get my injuries fixed, heal, get bigger, better, stronger. And then hopefully once I'm back to full fitness, that they're ready to sign us and I'll head back out there.
0: That sounds good. Get better, get, you know, get healed, get better, go kick some ass, I guess.
1: (laughs) Yeah, definitely.
0: Over there. So, um, yeah, no, that's that's, that's re- really, really interesting and I presume that the NWHL's plans for, for the next season or so is going to be to to play sort of in their own state because obviously they had the centralised tournament, is it going to be sort of more open now uh, back to crowds and things like that over there?
1: Uh, I believe so as far as I know, I don't think anybody really fully knows what's going on yet, I think that the main goal is just to head into pre-season hoping for a normal season and
0: hope for the best cool cool and um obviously i saw that uh i know through beth um who, who coaches with me with the steel queens and things like that, that the, uh, the the gb program were, were back on the ice uh, the gb women's program was back on the ice in preparation for the olympic qualifiers in i think it's october unless i'm i'm mistaken um i don't know did you did you manage to get on ice with them or were you were you there doing any rehab stuff
1: no, I was on the ice with them. Yeah, still, my goal is still to play GB this year if my body will let us, if the coaches pick me. Um, if my body doesn't let us, then hey, at least I tried. But my goal right now is to hang out until after Olympic qualifiers. So I'm just going to see what happens.
0: And in the Olympic qualifiers, am I right in saying they're in, is it Korea? or?
1: Yeah, yeah, Korea. It's, we've actually been to Korea before. We played there a few years ago. So excited to get back if I can. <laughs>
0: So, so what's what's Korea like as a place to sort of go to? I appreciate when you go for a sporting event, you maybe don't get the full feel of the place, but there's bound to be a different kind of atmosphere.
1: Yeah, it's definitely different to anything I'd ever experienced. Obviously, we didn't get to look around a lot, but we were on the beach and, I mean, the beach was lovely. We met a Korean celebrity, not that anybody knew who it was, but he told us he was a celebrity, so we went with it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was just, it was mad and you got Korean food for breakfast. It was just just odd. It was lovely though. I'll do it again.
0: Cool, cool. And uh um, was that uh what was I gonna say it wasn't it wasn't the guy who done gangnam Style, it wasn't Sai or something that you met.
1: No, no, I wish no. I've got no idea who he was. He was in a red suit, if anybody knows who that is.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um and uh, obviously you've played you've played a few times for Great Britain. I'm not not entirely sure how many caps you have exactly, but um, you know what's been your sort of most memorable experiences in your time uh, playing with GB?
1: There's just so many. I mean, I guess go all over the world, which is just incredible, really. But uh, playing Kazakhstan for the last Olympic qualifiers that I was part of, and it was just, it was just so weird being there and like everyone treating you like you were a celebrity. they had a brand new arena. It was just incredible being there. And that was probably my highlight, just that whole experience of going with the team. I was still really young at the time. I was only, must have been about 17. So it was all really new to us. And I, I just remember everything about that trip.
0: <laughs> in te- in terms of, uh, of GB and, and things I mentioned, your most memorable moments, I suppose, on nice. But what's been your sort of favourite place to play?
1: Probably Kazakhstan. Yeah. It was just a brand new arena. It was massive. The changing room was huge with like four different add-on rooms. that had a snack table, which just <laughs> its just really cool to be there. It wasn't like anything I'd been before. We had a mall with a roller coaster in around the corner. It was just, everything was just odd. It was it was great.
0: <laughs> well, you heard it here first. If, if you, GB are playing in Kazakhstan, make sure you go support them. Um, in, in terms of, obviously, we've got some girls at different stages that listen to podcasts and things. What's your sort of advice for for people that maybe want to try and progress their hockey career to maybe be the next Casey Trail, uh, essentially?
1: Yeah, just pick up as much ice time as you possibly can. Play for whoever, wherever. Doesn't matter if you think you're too good for them, not good enough. Just keep playing (laughs) over and over again till you get it right and somebody will notice you somewhere.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Cool. that's that's good advice actually just get on nice as much as you can and uh, and don't be too snooty about it I think some people think <laughs> yeah. oh, I'm not training in Sheffield then I can't I can't do anything but um yeah that's that's good that's good advice um and to, uh, one last GB question because I, I do get quite interested in the GB stuff but um who's been your who's the biggest sort of GB rival I've been trying to work this out at the women's level who's the who's the team that you guys sort of hate the most?
1: I don't think we really hate anyone. We just <laughs> hate whoever keeps beating us to that gold medal that we've been trying to get. So it changes every year to the person who beats us. I reckon uh, this year it'll be Latvia because obviously they're coming down from the division above. So they're the one that's going to be pushing us for that gold medal this year. So I'll go with Latvia, but I really have nothing against them. I just really want that gold for once.
0: <laughs> and uh, uh, Latvia coming down, is, is it in Spain this this upcoming World Championships or is that is that changed?
1: Yeah, no, as far as I'm, no, it's still in Spain. So it's what I'm planning for.
0: <laughs> Brilliant. And um, just because uh, the, my, my usual compatriot Nick is not on, um, I understand that you're you're maybe going to Northumbria. Do you know anything about the Kings or any any of that lot? Uh,
1: not that much. I know they might want me to come play for them. So we'll see. <laughs> if, if I can get into Northumbria, then yeah. Like I say, I always like ice time, so I I don't really care who which team it is who plays there. I just I like to play, so you know if they've got a spot for me, I will happily be there.
0: <laughs> Brilliant! That's that's what we like to hear on the uh, on the podcast is people who just love it, love the game, um, and and then just uh, we'll, we'll ask some this sort of more generic stuff so people can kind of find out a little bit more uh, before it before I let you trot off for the night because I know you've had a hard day working, coming to work late <laughs> and everything. Um, so obviously, growing up, we all we all watch a bit of hockey and stuff. And you know, Whitley Bay, Newcastle, Billingham—those are great places to grow up watching hockey. What's your sort of? Who's your sort of favourite players from from growing up, and and why?
1: Well, all the Newcastle vipers i was a huge fan of from home, but. I was a huge Boston Bruins fan. I still am to this day. I, I, I'm proud of it. I, I love the Bruins and just Patrice Bergeron. He's my favourite player, probably has been since I was younger. I think he's just unreal on the puck, off the puck, forward, defence. He's just unreal all over. And Every year he wins an award for being like the hardest grinder and you just can't take it away from him. I think he's unbelievable. So if that could be anyone, it would be Patrice Bergeron. <laughs>
0: Brilliant, brilliant. As long as you don't say Brad Marsham, you're you're fine on this podcast. You know
1: what? I'm quite a fan of him as well. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, he gets it done, and nobody wants to play against him. And no, no, he's uh, good. He's, he's sneaky good.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's a very good player, actually. He just uh, he has a bit of a reputation. Um, he which does. <laughs> he, he he probably deserves, but even even so, um, you know, uh, <laughs> you have to give tip your hat to how skilled he actually is. Um, so uh, as a Boston fan, do you have any strong feelings on uh, Montreal making the Stanley Cup finals and, and obviously ultimately losing to Tampa Bay?
1: I mean, yeah, I wasn't pleased that they were there in the first place, but I'm glad they didn't win.
0: <laughs> so,
1: you know, I'm over it now that they didn't win, but at the time I was quite upset.
0: And uh, just, um, just out of curiosity, because this will be something that I'm sure Nick and I will touch on now that the, the NHL season when we're back to regular pods. Um, what did you make of the of the sort of division set up in the, the NHL this year? Did you quite like the sort of rivalry thing, or do you think it would be better if it just got back to normal?
1: I quite like the rivalry, but then again, I, I like watching any hockey. So even if it was back to normal, I probably wouldn't notice the difference. <laughs>
0: um, and then, and then one last thing in a more sort of general terms. Obviously, the the last uh, World Championships that the women's team were involved in. Um, obviously, there's not been one in a while due to COVID uh, was 20 t- 2019, I think, um, in Dumfries. And uh, that may that manage to get on to uh, onto free sports and stuff. How important do you think it is for getting more recruits into the game and and, uh, and growing the, the women's side of the game in the UK for for things to be on on television?
1: It's incredibly important. Like you've got these young girls that want to watch people play and see where they can go and you can't watch it anywhere. And all of a sudden, last year or the year before, whenever it was, we were on TV. We had loads of people watching it. You don't realise how many people actually want to see it until somebody puts it out there. And yeah, it's it's, it's a, the only way to grow the game is by advertising and showing people and and introducing it to more people. Like Everybody talks about how small the hockey world is. And it's because nobody plays hockey unless you know somebody that does. So why don't we tell more people about it? and then we've got more people coming through, and then you're automatically going to be stronger.
0: Yeah, I realise that when I said that, it kind of is a dumb question, but that's a, that's a really <laughs> good answer um, and for that. And and, and finally, um, you might not be as interested in this as, as, as some others in your team or whatever, but, and even though I'm Scottish, I'm going to allow you to, to answer this question. Is it coming home?
1: You know what? <laughs> I would love to say yes, but... I don't want to jinx it, so I'll just say maybe. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so for everybody's sake.
0: Brilliant, really. Well, before I let you, you head off, and um, we normally give everyone a chance to get give a bit of a shout out um, to, to anyone, um, that way you can blackmail them into listening to the podcast, um, <laughs> and it gives it gives us extra extra listeners. Um, so, is there anyone you want to give a, a shout out uh, to?
1: Uh, shout out to all my friends in America Nicole Trevino, my coach, um, Tim McAuliffe, my other coach, my parents, and Weatherspoons. Those are my company. They should give me a raise for a shout out, first of all. And uh, yeah, that's it.
0: <laughs> do you sponsor my Weatherspoons?
1: I wish. I do. I work for Weatherspoons. They have oh, not yet sponsored me, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I can dream. <laughs>
0: Brilliant, brilliant. Well, well, thank you so much for your for your time this evening. Uh, I appreciate you've had a, a long day at work uh, Weatherspoon's. I can't imagine it's an easy day at work either. Uh, so, thanks so much for taking the time to to come on.
1: No bother. Thank you for having me.